Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise with you here on a Tuesday edition of the show. Stick to sports coming up at 8.45 this morning. Chris Mason, Preds TV color analyst, will join us coming up at 9.30. It's also a top four Tuesday in college football. We'll get back to that coming up one hour from now. But today, 3 p.m. Central Time, is the NFL trade deadline, where in years past, as Floyd said this morning at 6.30, yeah, it really wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't that busy of a day. The NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, they all have their trade deadlines, and it's always been a big thing. But now more than ever, it's become a thing in the NFL. We saw activity yesterday. What, if anything, does our guy, John Robinson, do today? I, I don't expect to see anything if I had to base it off of history. History tells us that John Robinson has no problem making moves at any other point during the calendar year except for the trade deadline. Um, he's made two trades in preseason camp, which is really unusual, right? He went out and got um, Kamale Correa and then this year uh, Gilbert uh, from the Green Bay Packers, both of which happened in camp, which is odd. He's traded for Ryan Tannehill and DeMarco Murray in the offseason in, in different years. He has traded tons of draft capital. He has no problem trading during the draft, right? He's traded the number one pick overall, right, to move back and then move back up again to get Conklin. He moved up to get Rashawn Evans. He moved up to get Taewon Taylor. Nice job. He moved up, you know, a lot of different ways. He's traded all the time. He has no problem making trades. Never has he made a move during the deadline. So it would be a first today, and therefore history is the best indicator of the future. Uh, I will go with history and say he does not make a move today. Um, At this point, it would be surprising if he does make a move, um, you know, what would he give up um, or who would he give up? Uh, would he give up or even if they have anyone that would be um, a commodity for another team? Delaney feels like um, the only Delaney's probably commodity. not a guy, but, you know, he's in a boot. Um, so well, what about a Dory Jackson? Now, keep in mind, Logan Ryan's going to be a free agent. Malcolm Butler is also getting paid a ton of money. Those would be your two guys plus LaShawn Sims. Does Adoree Jackson get you enough in return to move him? Not, not uh, hurt. No, because for one, I don't think the Titans um, – I don't think they can afford to give up on it. At this point, time, point in time, yeah, I don't think they can afford it. Sort of like Marcus, you know. If you do give them up, then what do you do? Who do you, you the, again? The the Lashawn Sims experiment is done. You know, he <laughs> no, uh, don't do it no more. Yeah, Mike Evans cremated yeah, him. Exactly, don't do it no more. Although he does, he did um, cremate a little bit of everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but also, Adoree Jackson's of the three starting corners when healthy, he's still the cheapest of the three for for now. Yeah, for, for now. now. For now, um, the, the Delaney Delaney Walker is the only commodity on the roster that i think a is worth getting something in return right Mm -hmm. you have to actually you could actually get something decent in return for him Mm -hmm. that doesn't hurt your roster currently because right now you look at the targets between johnny smith and anthony ferkser on sunday and you're like those are the two guys that caught a lot of passes Mm -hmm. when the game plan called to use the middle of the field those two guys were very active delaney walker wasn't really missed on sunday and that's that's not a knock on him he's a really good player but but who's trading for Delaney Walker at this point? Only a team that views him as the missing piece? Probably, yeah. You know, that's, that's there, a, there's teams out there that would love his services. You know, it's a good player. Um, good player. He can, and, and this is not, it's coming from me. I, you know, I got a chance to talk to TD and, you know, Seattle, and we, we were kind of just throwing teams out there. And, you know, he said Seattle would make sense 
because their tight end is injured. And, you know, Pete Carroll loves X 49er guys. Um, so that would be um, a logical place for, for Delaney to go. And I think that's a place and where their Danny, tight end is hurt. Yeah. So. That's the place that Delaney would still feel happy because he still has an opportunity to make the playoffs. Actually, he would have a better opportunity of making the playoffs with Seattle than he does here. Not to say that the, the Titans won't make it, but the way they sit their, their records right now, Seattle has a better percent chance of making the playoffs than the Titans do at this particular time. So, I know Delaney would be sort of happy because he still would be able to extend his career and possibly make it to the playoffs. Um, and then the Titans would get something in return. Um, that's the only guy, and I've said that before, I, that's the only guy, not based upon his play, because I think Delaney still can play. He's still proven he can play. That's the one guy that I say, you know, he has dog in him. Um, but because Janu is young and Janu is a – Janu Shoney can play, man. He's the he's another guy, man, that I he's going to become one of the best tight ends in the National Football League. If he just cuts out some of the, you know, bad small holding, things, bad yeah, holding penalties all the time. This guy will become one of the best young tight ends in the National Football League. He had he had a great guy to learn from in Delaney Walker, and now he's getting his opportunity, and I think he's going to make the best of it if he stays healthy. Um, so that gives the Tennessee Titans even more reason to possibly want to, you know, shop Delaney Walker because they feel they have his replacement. He's shown that he can play. They didn't, again, like you said, it's no knock to Delaney um, because I think they are a good team with Delaney on the team playing. But they didn't miss him that much this weekend. Now, it might be different, you know, this upcoming weekend. But they didn't miss him this past weekend. So that could be a possibility that the Titans say, you know what? Okay, you want Delaney. What are you willing to give us? Let me know if you guys agree with this. I tweeted this out yesterday. I said, if John Robinson doesn't make a move, it tells me three things before the deadline tomorrow. One, he couldn't get a deal done, obviously. Might have tried, but couldn't get a deal done. Two, there's not a move to be made that will enhance their playoff possibilities drastically. And then number three... He's clearly saving his draft capital, draft capital, draft capital for a quarterback <laughs> in it, April's it, draft. Keep it, keep it, keep it, Three, two, one. Let me try that again. He's saving all those picks because he's obviously going to be in the business for a quarterback, and he might need to do some finagling. Unless Tom Brady's coming to town, of course. Right. Well, uh, in which case, he doesn't need to do that. Now, I, listen, they, t- teams have sort of stumbled into quarterbacks, or you go up and get them, right? Like you stumble into Dak Prescott because he had a DUI during the during the draft process. Mm-hmm. You stumble into Drew Brees and Russell Wilson because they're short. You stumble mm-hmm. into to Derek Carr because he played at Fresno State. Like you, you, like, you, you kind of stumble into these guys. Um, or you draft them in the top 12. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, the Aaron Rodgers of the world that fall to 25 and then work out is pretty rare. It, it, you know, Johnny Menzel falls because Johnny Menzel was Johnny Menzel. Um, most guys that are taken in those in those ranges aren't don't work out. You got to get you got to get top 10, top 12 picks. So in that sense, it doesn't look like the Titans are going to be that bad. Now they could lose, you know, they could go two and six mm-hmm. down the stretch and be picking ninth, in which case you don't need to stockpile draft picks because you might have a slot that Joe Burrow might might be available if that's the guy you love, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you know, Andy Reid went up and got Patrick Mahomes. There's no question about that. And if you think there's a guy that you believe in so much, which I don't see in this year's class, but if you do – then go up and get that guy, and that's why you might need to save some draft picks. 
All right, we got another giveaway to tell you about. Show us why you're the biggest Alabama fan for the chance to win a cabin on the Crimson Tide Cruise February 10th through the 15th. Let's see if I can get this read right this year because we know I screwed it up last year. The second <laughs> annual Crimson Tide Cruise will set sail from New Orleans to <laughs> Cozumel, New Mexico. Cozumel, Mexico. I almost said New Mexico. Cozumel? <laughs> yes, Cozumel. Not Cozumel. Cozumel and uh. Yucatan, Mexico on board the Carnival Valor. It's a national championship worthy vacation with your favorite Alabama sports legends. And no, Marquise Munson Roll will time. not be on this cruise. Dang it. Send us a picture by Twitter with the hashtag Bama Cruise or upload a picture at thegamenashville.com. You can book your cruise at crimsontidecruise.com and get $150 off with the promo code game is there a better moment of this show in the first year and three quarters than nick kale saying win a trip to kazumo mexico <laughs> is that a new place <laughs> one of the greatest moments in show history uh, i discovered it yeah there's yeah, a little a little hidden area in mexico it was uninhabited you're, you're a regular ponce de Leon. yes oh. all right coming up next the tennessee titans if they're going to make the playoffs they have some uphill sledding to do we will tell you how difficult the road is next on morning drive it is morning drive 817 live here on a tuesday Good stuff. D-Mace used to rock this back in like his uh, 10th grade high school dance. When he was driving the, yeah. uh, the Ford Escort? Hell yeah. We called it the bullet. The bullet. The, bu- <laughs> the bullet. What color was the bullet? It was um, blue. Nice. Good vibration. Oh, yeah. I used to jam to this. I'll tell you this much. If the Tennessee Titans make the playoffs, we will have good vibrations going throughout this city because the sledding uphill – is going to be difficult. Mike Sando, NFL uh, insider for ESPN, says the eight toughest remaining schedules by opponent win percentages. Number one, the Seattle Seahawks, 64.2%. Number two, the Falcons, 62.7%. And number three, your Tennessee Titans, 62.3%. So four and four with eight to go. And to get to 10, at least on paper, looks like it'll be difficult. And another reason why, reason 1,000, why you shouldn't uh-huh. look at preseason rankings of schedules in the NFL and try to learn anything. Like, you can't learn anything because you have no idea what teams are going to look like once the season gets going. No, you don't. It's going to be... Anybody have the Niners undefeated at this stage? Anybody? No, I don't no. think so. Yeah. No, it's going to be very difficult uh, for the Tennessee Titans moving forward um, because, and, and I know a lot of people will point at, you know, Indianapolis and and what they were able to accomplish um, last year after starting what one in five somewhere around there, mm-hmm. um, so Thir- thirteen and three since exactly. Um, so I know people will look at that and say, "Well, it can be done." Yeah, you're right. It can it can be done, but if you look at Indianapolis and what they did those first seven games, where well the first five games, six games, they lost one game within the conference, and that was Houston. That was the key for them. If you can start off, you know, two and five, one and four, but if you lose twice within your conference, like the Titans have already done, it makes it very difficult for you then to recoup those losses and and possibly win your division or get a playoff spot when you're not – you know, winning the games outside division. They're four and four right now. They're two games behind Indianapolis and 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 Houston. And then they still got to play Houston twice. 
They got to play Indianapolis once. Oh, and by the way, they lost to Jacksonville too. Well, I mean, if you th- if you if you look at it that way from a divisional standpoint, you need to sweep Houston. Yeah. Because you, I mean, I, I can't see this team making the playoffs if they don't beat Houston well, at least once, right? And, and you have to be playing your best football at yeah. that time because right. they'll be playing Houston what two of the last three weeks of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, also how healthy is Deshaun Watson is a factor in that. He's he's played what two seasons? One if he finished and one he didn't, right? So mm-hmm. um, how healthy is he at the end of the year is a factor in this as well. But yeah, you got to be playing your best ball down the stretch. It's nice to put some wins together right now, you know, with a backup quarterback, now the starter or whatever, but it, it, you're going to have to play really good football down the stretch and, to, to get in. You and, have to beat good teams. And it's not just the division loss. It's the conference loss. Indianapolis 4-2 and two in the conference. Houston's 4-1. and one. Jacksonville's 4-2. and two. Tennessee's 2-4 two and four in the conference. So even, you know, if you, you don't have to win your division, but well, I'm, you I'm, can't I'm, I'm go 2-4 gonna... and four you can't. How do you make these games up? I'm going to give one wild card to the Bills already. Uh-huh. I know they got boat raced by the Eagles, but they are what six and two. Uh-huh. They already defeated the Titans, yep. and according to Mike Sando, the Bills five and two. Five, five and two. two. Uh-huh. The Bills have the fourth easiest remaining schedule. Their opponent win percentage is thirty nine point one percent. The Bills are going to get to the playoffs. Well, so yeah, I, mean, yeah, like, I feel uh, like the I feel it, like the Titans are competing for one if spot. You, if you look at it based upon now. And moving forward, but based upon now, you got New England, Baltimore, Indianapolis, and Kansas City. So now there's two spots left. So you're working between the Bills, um, Houston, and Oakland. Okay? You've already lost. Well, you beat the Chargers. But you've already lost to Buffalo, who would be one of the, you know, six teams. Um, I, I would not. I would not put Buffalo in at like automatic. Like no, like t- ten, eleven wins. I, if Josh Allen gets hurt, I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo fell back down to earth. But oh yeah, if, no, I could see that no, if no, he got hurt. Sure, but but if you're looking at it, you know they would have to work through all of these teams. They can't lose no more than three games moving forward. One hundred percent. No, no, that. two because they've already. Lost, but here, here, here's the thing: they can't lose no more than two. Nine, games. nine to seven doesn't feel yeah, like it's nine to seven get is in. not going to get yeah. them in. Look, look who the Bills have for the next three weeks: they have the Redskins, oh, no. the Browns, oh my goodness, and the Dolphins. Okay, oh, so they'll man. win those games. So, so in worst oh, case, right. two and one. They're yeah. seven and three. They have the Broncos, the Cowboys. Now they do have a stretch where they play the Ravens, the Steelers, the Patriots. That's rough at the end. Yeah, that's rough. But then they the wrap end. up the year against the Jets. Who could certainly be mm. in tank Buffalo tank will mode. finish. There's a lot of winnable games on that schedule. I feel. I agree. I Buffalo's feel like Buffalo gets the ten wins. So if they, yeah, win, if they go true. ten and six, Titans are not. not and that's the tiebreaker. Yeah. there. Titans are not making it. So Titans are in a mix for one spot with how many teams? Probably four to six. I, and I'm they got to basically run the table. They I'm, have to run the table. Basically, I'm not buying Oakland. If Baltimore runs away with the division, they could be the only team from the North. Mm-hmm. So it could end up being whoever doesn't win the South. It, it, to be honest, if the, let's say let's give it to the Bills, mm-hmm. let's give it to the Patriots, like we said, let's give the Chiefs the division in, in the West, and let's give the Ravens the division. I, I, I'm not buying Oakland sticking around. I, I don't know how Agreed. much staying power they've got. I'm not buying that. I don't think the char- like you've got the tiebreaker on the Chargers, so let's just forget about them for a second. Mm-hmm. You got the tiebreaker on the Browns; they're not going to be competitive. Let's forget about them. It basically comes down to who finishes second in the AFC South again. To who's going to get into the playoffs? That's, so that's what going, it is. That's going to because the AFC a, South is going to get four team two race. teams. It's They're a four team race for teams. two spots, right? And right now it's Indianapolis and the Texans, and then the other team, the last 
available spot will come from, I think, the AFC East. I don't think anyone from the AFC, whoever wins the North gets in. I don't think there will be a, ne- a second team I, from the North. I agree. I think the second team will come from the East. Here's the question then. Does this mean you need to, if you're a Titans fan, to root for the Colts to win the division because you can control your destiny, even though I, I get it, folks, who science nerd who wants to tweet me and say destiny means it's already predetermined, whatever. Like, it, does that mean you need to root for the Colts to win the division so that you can control what happens against the Texans? Because you can control that. That's the only thing you can still control if you're a Titans fan is what do you do against the Texans? Now, you can split with the Colts, and you can split with the Jags, and that's, that's important too. But if, if you were to say, all right, if you're competing with the Texans, you're probably not going to win tiebreakers. I mean, or excuse me, the Colts, you're probably not going to win the tiebreakers. If you can control what you do against the Texans, then you can mm-hmm. maybe control the tiebreaker there. So I, I don't know what it means. I, basically, you just need to root for everybody well, to be losing have, every single week. You have weekend. to sweep the Texans. You have to win at least one of those games between Houston and I mean, between uh, Indianapolis and Jacksonville. You got to win one of those. You got to sweep Houston and win one of those games between those two teams. Yeah. I mean, like you said, six and two is probably the best. It's probably the worst case scenario that gets you into the playoffs. You're yeah, going to have to go six and seven. It's not going to get into the playoffs. It's just not. It's possible if you sweep te- the Texans, but it's unlikely. Well, and we mentioned yesterday the season ending injury to J.J. Watt. So now you're looking yeah. at a Texans team. No Jadavion Clowney anymore. He's been traded. J.J. Watt, he's on the shelf for the year. Isn't Tunsil banged up, too? He's banged up. Banged up, yeah. If you're a Titans offensive lineman, at least from a Texans matchup standpoint, you feel pretty good. I mean, you can't really block many guys, but now you don't got to worry about Watt or Clowney. Yeah, but you got to worry about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, Rumor (laughs) has it. And Hopkins. All right, 615-737-1025. D-Mace has a strong take on one player and how he'll finish this season in Nashville. That's next here on Morning Drive. Joining ESPN The Game Nashville for the Light the Night Walk at Nissan Stadium this Friday, November 1st. You could be the difference in saving a life by being a part of the 2019 Light the Night Walk. For more details and to be a part of the event or to contribute, visit lightthenight.org slash events slash Nashville. So Derek Mason, yesterday, you said on this show that you think, and we alluded to this a little bit in the first segment of this hour, that Janu Smith will finish second on this team in receptions for 2019. So why do you come to that conclusion? Is it just Tannehill? And what does that mean moving forward? I think it does have a lot to do with uh, Ryan Tannehill and his his him being comfortable with throwing the ball um, to the tight ends. And then Arthur Smith, uh, who's a former tight ends coach, I think he enjoys using um, the tight end as a, you know, a viable weapon as a, he doesn't mind making a tight end, the number one weapon in his offense. Um, This is why, because you're starting to slowly see it. Um, he's getting targeted a little bit more. And when he gets the balls in it, when he get the ball in his hands, he make things happen, make things happen. He's a violent runner. Um, he's hard to bring down and he's starting to figure the game out. I think the game is slowing down for Janu. Um, he's getting healthier and he's a matchup problem for opposing teams defenses because you can put him out wide he's bigger than a corner 
you could put him inside. He's faster than most, you know, 90% of the linebackers or safeties that, that's covering him. And he's starting to display the, the, the ability to catch the ball, you know, with his hands. He catches everything that's basically thrown to him. Now he's getting more comfortable. He's, he's gaining that confidence. And the offensive coordinator is gaining the confidence in him. Uh, and it showed this weekend, you know. Last two weeks. Yeah, the last two weeks. I mean, when those guys outside can't get open, the one guy that they look to yeah. is the tight end. It, for so long it has been Delaney Walker. Now it's Jonu Smith. To me, he's the he's the most explosive weapon they have on offense. His Be, first two steps yeah, are it's just, special. He will become one of if he stays healthy, he will become one of the best young tight ends in the National Football League. Because he has everything and he's displayed it. It's not like he has these talents and he hadn't shown it. Well, he has. It was coming together last yeah, year was, until he, he got, got hurt. hurt. Yeah. Exactly. So they're starting to figure out that, hey, listen, this guy for us can be, you know, what Travis Kelsey is for KC, what Olsen is for 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 Carolina. What Ingram is becoming for the Giants, except for he catches, yeah, guns. exactly. Ingram drops way he, too many. He thousand. can become this this new wave tight end. He's becoming this new wave tight end, bigger than defensive backs, faster than linebackers. Line him up anywhere yep. on the field, yep. and he will be a matchup problem. Do you guys know who's leading the Titans in receptions right now? Um, AJ Brown is he? Nick, I'm not trying to put y'all on the spot. I'm just uh, no, I don't want to be put on the spot. I'll go. Um, I'm asking just out of pure. I'll, I'll go AJ Brown. Marquise? No, Corey Davis. Corey Davis is. In reception. I don't think it is Corey Davis. Is it John Smith? All four guesses incorrect. The running back. Adam Humphreys. Is he? Leading the team in receptions. That is not good. What is he going? 28 catches. 28. Oh, my goodness. Corey Davis at 24. A.J. Brown at 22. Delaney at 21. Deion Lewis at 15. Tied with John Smith at 15. But John has got seven, what, eight, eight or nine catches in the last two games? Yeah, the last two games, yeah. Over 140 yards or something like that in the last two games. Also... I agree with everything you're saying about Johnny Smith. I think we've on this show had said for a year now that the most explosive offensive weapon that they have is Johnny Smith, period. He also put that those numbers up against the two two of the worst pass defenses we've played they've mm-hmm. played. Just like Tannehill, we need to see it against really good defenses before we start making really big judgments. I, I I'm with you though. I believe in Johnny Smith's talent. I just think he's he's got ability that nobody else on that roster really has. And so even though I like A.J. Brown and mm-hmm. Corey Davis after the catch, they've shown that they can be physical, too. After the catch, there's a different twitch with Jonu Smith. There's just an extra acceleration there that, that, that for his position that, um, that other guys at their positions don't have. Like, Derrick Henry's fast, uh-huh. but he, it takes him – he's got to get going, right? Like, it, he's not that quick twitch guy the way Jonu Smith's first two steps are just – He's just past people in two mm-hmm. steps. It's really impressive. He reminds me of a, a younger Delaney Walker. Yeah. That's what yeah. he is. He's a younger yeah. Delaney Walker. Um, that's probably why they drafted him. And that's saying a lot, you know. Um, and I just think he's going. To, he's gaining confidence, and he's going to continue to show the Titans, you know, the offensive coordinator and the coaches, like, listen, I am the matchup problem for defenses. And, yes, you're going to try to get it to Corey Davis, rightfully so. Yes, A.J. Brown, rightfully so, because those guys have proven once they get the ball in their hands, they can break tackles. But if I want to – if I'm looking out there and I'm looking for a matchup problem, it's going to be the tight end. It's going to be Janu Smith 
again, he has the speed, he has the strength, and he's proven now that he can catch the ball consistently. Last two weeks, nine touch, uh, nine catches, 10 targets, 142 yards, and a touchdown. He had a 57-yard catch against the Bills. I remember we went to Titans camp two summers ago, mm-hmm. the summer of 2018, and when we were on the field, and I'm looking at him, and I know some of this is just some visual stuff, but he had the visor on. He wore number 81. Based on his athleticism, he feels and looks like a lot like a like a bigger Anquan Bolden. Yeah, that's, I don't know I if it's think, because it's yeah. the no, same it's, number. That's, and, no, it's really good. He 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 is. He's like, it's like if you took maybe fast. If you took Anquan Bolden and just like made everything like twenty two percent bigger. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's an enlarged Anquan Bolden. He's, yeah. he's an enlarged Anquan Bolden. I actually totally agree with that. I, I think he's very similar to, to to Bolden from a build standpoint. Yeah, and that now it's up to Arthur Smith then to utilize the guy yeah. and find the matchup, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You gotta, you have players. Then you, as an offensive coordinator, your duty is to put these players in position to make plays. Well, you got a guy that's going to be. And listen, I, I think AJ Brown and Corey Davis are matchup problems too. But I just look at Janu differently uh, because no matter who's covering him, he's always going to be at an advantage. Yeah. You know, so I, I will say I wouldn't that, be surprised that in the next two years he, you know, next two or three years he will be a thousand yard receiver. Don't, and, and, and I don't want to hear from anybody on this. So don't tweet me about this because it's not about Marcus. But the the the, the act playing quarterback today is about activating your weapons. And the part the problem for Marcus Mariota was that he didn't activate the outside weapons. Marcus never had a problem throwing to Delaney Walker or or or, or to Johnu Smith. He can throw down the middle of the field. We know that Marcus was good at that. The difference between Tannehill and Marcus is that Tannehill's arm allows him, and maybe his decisiveness allows him to attack outside to Corey Davis and to, to AJ Brown. So, in theory, the switch to Tannehill should impact AJ Brown and Corey Davis far more than it should impact Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith should be able to deliver regardless of who plays quarterback because the other guy was able to throw to the tight end. Delaney caught a ton of passes, so um, it's it's the it's the Corey Davis throw down the sideline where you're not sure if Tannehill overthrew him or if Corey Davis throttled down and you're going wait a second you were open what happened there um, so th- those are the plays that that Ryan Tannehill is supposed to be able to make that Marcus cannot so I think Johnny would be good no matter who's playing mm-hmm. at quarterback it, it's if I'm Davis or Brown those are the two guys that you know if I'm if I'm looking for a difference from Ryan Tannehill it should be that he has the ability to decisively and with a bigger arm get the ball to activate. The weapons on the outside, meaning AJ Brown and Corey Davis. Well, he makes their job. He makes the two guys' job outside a lot easier. He does, right? And that's, now that's I have supposed to, to be the difference, right? On the inside of the field, rather than put on my put putting all of my you know resources or concentration on on the two guys outside. Now I got to worry about the tight end because he can basically wreck the game. So you mentioned Adam Humphreys leads the team with 28 receptions. We were critical, I know I was specifically, the first couple of weeks of the season, you know, he was nowhere to be found. Do we feel like he's now living up to what we thought or is it just mere circumstance? No, I mean I think he I think he is what he is. I mean, he he's he's supposed to be a 9 or 10 yard per catch guy who on third and 5 can catch 6 yard passes. I mean, that that's what he's supposed to do. He was you know, Julio Jones makes what? $17 million a year, $18 million a year. Number ones make big money. Number ones don't make $9 million a year. So while that sounds like a lot of money for a free agent receiver, he, he you know he's paid like a slot receiver, and he's producing like a slot receiver. So the, the difference is you would like to have seen Corey Davis 
or, or somebody else having that number one mm-hmm. type of year. And we've seen a flash from A.J. Brown in a couple of games against mm-hmm. Cleveland and Atlanta. We saw, again, also bad defenses. We've seen a flash from Corey Davis mm-hmm. a- against the Chargers, also a bad defense. We have not seen flashes from anyone, quarterback or receivers, in good games against good defenses. We haven't seen that yet. And that's what this weekend provides. Ryan Tannehill has a chance to show that against Carolina this weekend. I just look at, you know, I just still think, you know, Adam Humphreys, he shouldn't be your, and I get it why he is, but he shouldn't be your leading, leading receiver. I mean, he, I, he, I agree. He just shouldn't. I mean, you know, I don't, because you have A.J. Brown, you have Corey Davis, you got to find a way to try to get those guys the ball. Now Johnu Smith is coming on. Um, the the guy that's supposed to be your third down specialist shouldn't be then your leading receiver. He doesn't even play, you know, all the plays. He's really there for third downs. And he's doing a good job at that. Um, but he shouldn't be, you know, your leading receiver. He has 14 first downs. He's, he's tied for second with A.J. Brown. Corey Davis leads the team with 16. Um, but he shouldn't be your leading receiver. Only only averaging nine yards a catch. He's a good player, but he's I mean, supposed to serve a role, yeah. not be a number one receiver. It, absolutely, right. And that's what it sort of kind of is for, yep, for the Titans. All right, coming up next, it is time for another edition of Stick to Sports here on Morning Drive. Back after this on ESPN one hundred two five, the game. Oh yeah, Morning Drive live here on a Tuesday. Chris Mason, 9.30 this morning. Talk some Preds with him. Preds take on the Blackhawks tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop here on 102.5 The Game. Pre-game at 6. Titans trade deadline today at 3 o'clock Central. Possible clincher in the World Series tonight. Verlander, Strasburg. Uh, the NBA, of course, will be on. If you can't find something on TV tonight than watching sports, that's a you problem. Is Justin Verlander 0 for 5 in World Series games for his career? That is correct. That is insanely hard to do. He's winning in life, though. So that matters. Well, yeah, no question about that. So is he the Kershaw of the World Series? Well, that's what I always wonder. Like people rip on Kershaw for his his numbers. He's also got some really good outings too. But Verlander, to be that bad in the World Series, yeah. and to be that good of a regular season pitcher. But, but let me ask you this: Would, would you crazy. rather be zero and five? This rather, is like a Josh Upton sports rather, question. Which <laughs> brought to you by decorating Dan and Terriers. Would you rather be 0-5 in the World Series as a professional Major League pitcher, mm-hmm. a top-flight guy, Cy Youngs, all these accolades, and be married to Kate Upton? Or would you be rather be 5-0 and in the World Series? No, no, first one. And be ugly and not be able to get <laughs> Kate Upton? First one. First one. First one. First one. First yeah, one. Uh, I'll take the first one. Get, you can make oh me 0-10, 0-15, 0-20. I'll be the, in, fact, in fact, how about this? I'll, I will be the worst player to ever have played in, in the World Series. Because guess what? At any position. Even, and you give me Kate even at 0-5, still got a World Series under my belt. Yeah, so okay, there. it's hard to be that good of a pitcher and go zero and five in the World Series. It means you've made it to a bunch of World Series. Is is yeah. like and the Buffalo Bills? You're terrible. Yeah, there you go. You're that good to make it and didn't win four times. Womp womp. The world is a crazy place. Crazy sounding pretty good right now. Let's lighten the mood. After all that seriousness, <laughs> you're just gonna crumple it up and throw it in the trash, basically, and stick to sports. Now, now on Morning Drive. All right, D Mace. You know the drill. Uh, stick to sports is <laughs> brought to you by Decorated Dan Interior. Stick with the pros that decorated Dan. When you were at, when you're ready to decorate your home, office, or outdoor spaces, request a complimentary appointment, which is free, at decoratingdan.com. 
number one. Nick, you was feeling that um, Elton John coming into the break, man. I, I like it. Uh, you like a little Elton John? Huh? Yeah, I, I like to too. That's why I was I was feeling it. Oh, okay, only well, closer, Tiny Dancer. Like a little, like a little Elton John. So Elton John performed last night mm, at did. Bridgestone. I didn't get to go. I would have went though, because that would have been one of those concerts. See, I'm not like. Have you? Bucket there's list. Certain, yeah, there's certain artists that like didn't listen to growing up. Obviously, did, you know, listen to different genres of music. But if you have an opportunity to see that person live, knowing how legendary they are then I'll take that opportunity. So even though yes. don't know a lot of Elton John's music, I probably still would have went to that concert only because to say I went to Elton I, John. I bet you you know a lot more songs than you thought. I do. I, I bet you there's a lot of songs you don't like think you know, and then all of a sudden you're hearing them and you go, oh, Candle in the Wind. Okay, that was Elton John. Like I think there's a lot of songs you would know. See, I'm the complete opposite. Rocket like, Man, I, Tiny Dancers, I, so I don't, many songs. I don't feel compelled to go do something to say I did it. Because it was popular, and I feel like I'm missing out. Well, it's not even that. It's just how long will you have these people perform? Right, yeah, like, this is a farewell tour, too. So it's just like... Well, I don't know. That, that, yeah. I, I think yeah, people, say, say, that, people yeah. say farewell to make a bunch of money off exactly. of that. But I, I don't think it's because it's popular. I think it's because Elton John's one of the greatest singers and songwriters of, of, of the modern history. It's hard for me to go to a concert if I can't sing along to a bulk of the songs. You feel you see what I'm saying? No, that's it's, it. it's it's just like being at a concert and you know maybe one or two songs, but then you're just sitting there and it's like see, I don't I, know the rest of these songs and I can't vibe with it the way I want to. So see, I go the other direction. You know. I like going to like small dive joints where like I can sit and like truly just watch something I've never seen before. But Elton so, John ain't a small. No, 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 no. Dive. I know. I'm talking about like the other uh-huh. side of it. Like if you go to an Elton John concert, you're gonna be able to sing almost every word. Like if you know Elton John music, you'll know enough songs to sing along. Um, I like going to like a small place and stumbling on some random guitar player who's just ridiculously good, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to watch this guy shred for, like, two hours. Like, okay. Um, I, I think... So I went, and sit, I went and saw Tom Petty at Bridgestone last, whatever it was, two years ago, year and a half ago. I had never seen Tom Petty live in concert. I don't own his albums. I love the Traveling Wilburys. I like his music. But I am glad that I saw him before he passed away. To, to your question, Nick, about, like, oh, I want to see it. I am really glad that I saw Tom Petty do a live show and I can say that I've had that experience in life because you never know when you're not going to you know when it's going to end yeah for you like, or for them I like guess. for example like my first concert was a Jay-Z concert and I obviously sung the words to every single song that he performed and then my second concert was Willie Nelson I don't know awesome. I, I know like two Willie Nelson songs but I still went to the concert because it was like did you have a good time oh yeah I did you know, it was, it was fun. It was in Tuscaloosa. And, yeah, I was like, oh, why would I miss out on the opportunity? Because I know Willie Nelson as, you know, the person outside of the music. But it's just like, why would I miss out on that opportunity to see Willie Nelson? Oh, live? stop. I, lo- he, I love he, your line of thinking, Marquise. I'm calling BS. The the real motive to seeing Willie Nelson in Tuscaloosa for Marquise Munson hey, was the scoop up, scoop up chicks. Yeah. Yeah. That's all okay, it is. Okay. You weren't there for Willie Mar- Nelson. Marquise, You're will, not fooling me. I will give you respect for, for having that strategy of when there's a great act in town, you have a chance to see him for the first time and maybe only time that you do it. Like, I'll did, give you credit for that. Last year, didn't there you? There happens to also be a lot of sorority girls there mm-hmm. than fine. Didn't yeah, you, yeah, didn't, yeah. D-Mace, didn't you go to a Metallica concert? <laughs> what? Uh, you went to, you went to uh, or ACDC? Poison. Yeah, poison? poison, yeah. Now, I'm willing to guess mm-hmm. there was a female with you. <laughs> yeah. You didn't just go to see didn't just, you know, Poison. I didn't just go to see exactly. Poison. Yeah. It was just like, you know. I mean, let's cut the but nonsense. I, I mean, I enjoyed going. is like, when they go perform TNT? I enjoy going to the <laughs> amphitheater. You know, it was summertime and amphitheater, yeah. so I enjoyed it. It sounds um, good, man. That was well, the point. See, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I knew one song 
you know, I knew one song and that was it. But See, that's what I'm it saying. wasn't like pour some sugar on me. I don't even but know. But it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> I wanted to go. It wasn't like I wanted to go. No, like, you were there hey, as I'm a date. Be, yeah, I was there. You, you know, hey, okay, I'm gonna go with you though. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know. Hey, Anderson Sandman, is that next? Or is, is that the next song they're gonna play? Or <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wrong, wrong band. I get that too. I'm like Back in hey. black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they were saying, I didn't know. Number I just know a lot of people two. were standing up and I couldn't see the band. <laughs> It's going to be a grandpa and just sit when everyone else is standing. You just see, you see the crowd. There's like exactly. everyone, everyone standing and cheering and clapping. And then there's like one dude just sitting down. It's Derek. That was me. <laughs> so what is you guys' rules on how to handle servers? Because I had a be discussion. Nice yeah, because I had a discussion yesterday. And I'm, one of, I'm a belief of I try not to, even if the service, if it's busy, obviously I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get frustrated that my food's taking long because I feel like if it's busy, there's a reason why. And so I'm not going to get mad at the server because it's kind of out of their control. But some people feel like, you know, there's a need to do that regardless. Some people kind of go in with the mentality of I'm mad. So I'm going to show them that I'm mad by, you know, basically being evil to the server. Yeah, so, those people are bad people. Yeah. So I have a rule of just like, like, I don't care. Like how like busy it is, I don't care how long my food takes. It's whatever. Just you know, just I'm I'm gonna be nice to the server, pretty much. What did you guys' rule? There, there are I I agree with you. There are certain industries in this country that have it far worse than everybody else, and the service industry is one of them. I largely think everyone should just treat service people with respect because they are doing a service for you. Sometimes they do it poorly, and you can tip less. That's fine. But being disrespectful to, especially to a woman who has to work for tips, that that you think you think that woman doesn't put up with a lot of crap every single day? Yeah, she does. Um, I'm not gonna go out my way to be mean to anybody, especially if somebody's you know the person that's giving me my food. Uh, You're the nicest trash talker I've ever met, by the way. If if you are not you know respectful and you know nice as a server. I will wait till you bring my food, uh, but I mean, I will let you know. It's like it, just because just because you, you you're a server and you you know you make X amount of dollars uh, doesn't mean to me you're immune to. If you treat me a certain way, then I'm a, that's how I'm going to reciprocate it. If you if you if you're nice and respectful and you smile on your face and everything else, I know what you got to deal with. Then I'm a, I'm going to return. Yeah. I'm going to give that in return. But if you're not, I think he's talking then, about the people that just walk in with yeah, kind of. But a if bad you're not, attitude. then that's how I'm gonna treat you. Because no, I was out to eat yesterday, and this guy, you you could just tell this person just walked in with just bad energy. Big, big, like, oh, yeah. I, big feel boss. I felt it walking right past me of this dude with bad energy. <laughs> that's a wa- you got you catch a waft of bad yeah, energy. I was just like, <laughs> is that bad energy? I smell it. Is that bad energy or is that Old Spice? Actually, <laughs> no, I think it's brute. It's actually Axe. Body, it's sweat. Axe. Yeah. Body spray. Um, I, no, I, I think there are people that, as as someone who worked as a server for like six, seven years, like there are people that certainly just come in with bad, bad attitudes. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's important to raise awareness on how difficult the job is in the service industry. And if you just listen, if you do a terrible job, yeah, you can. You can, I'll I'll change my tip mm-hmm. and, and change my tip. But like, uh, you put up a lot of crap in that in that world, and I just you don't need you don't need more of it from me. 
you know, I don't see, that's one the, of my the uh, only the only thing that ticks me off with servers, and I, I think we've had this discussion uh-huh. before when my in laws were down yeah. here. Don't go salad dressing on the side. No, no, not the salad dressing <laughs> thing. the The whole concept of carding people that are well over twenty one for an alcoholic drink, and I know it's a state law, and they got to do it, but we're going to get fined. The whole thing is just nonsense. Like when my sixty two year old father in law orders a Bud Light. And some guy says, can I see your license? It's like, I want to just punch that guy in his head. Like, use some common sense. <laughs> he's, just, he's just, I know, but you know, whoever created that law should be fired. Well, there's a lot of bad laws in Tennessee. Can I go so. to the state of Tennessee, the legislator, and complain? There's a lot of yeah, things. How do I formally complain I'll, about I'll this? Go, we can call your senator. It's very easy. Okay, who's the senator? Who, who do I get? Two, what, what, 202, and I can't remember what the other digits okay. are, but I've called it before. So. And what's this person's name? Um, I, I don't want to. Should I know this I'm as not, a Tennessee I'm, resident? I'm not going to use her name. I mean, you're still learning. You're still learning. It's okay. It, listen, there are lots of uh, things that we could get changed, like, I don't know, not being 50th in voter turnout <laughs> in this country. We're dead so, last, Tennessee. Because, like, the server thing, that's one of my pet peeves. Like, I don't ask for much in the dating world of my single life. I don't ask for much. Just don't smoke cigarettes, because I don't smoke cigarettes. Know who Outcast is and don't be rude to servers. That's it. Those are three things. That's it. Know who Outcast is. That is know the best is. list I've ever My heard. My thing is don't be rude to people, period. That, that's yes. a, that's Not a, servers. Yeah, that's servers in general because, because usually most of the time when you go on dates, it's a setting. Yeah. So if, it, if our first date, you're being already rude to servers. Then you already know what kind of person yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's a problem. And if you don't know who Outcast is, that just means <laughs> but then, you don't, don't, culture. Hang on. Don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> uh-huh. Do, know who Outcast is and be nice to servers, and you can date Marquise, ladies. I know servers. <laughs> servers. I know y'all get tired of people that don't know what they want, and they hold the menu and they like mm, ask forty six questions. Uh, Let me uh, get a. Uh, hey, so how is this served? Uh, like, does this come with that? Can I change this out for this? What I about? Mean, can I get a side of that? Some things they have to know. You know, as a server, you you know those questions are going to be asked. Oh, so what's the you know, the catch of the day or yeah, the yeah. salad, whatever. But then when someone sits there and you're like, okay, everybody's ordered and you're the last person, you say, no, no, take everybody else's order. No, no, they no, take everybody else's You better be and ready. they come back to you and you be like, um, uh, the, wor- the worst, <laughs> The worst is when that person says, hey, come back to me, and then uh-huh. just talks the whole time. Yeah, or goes like- and looks, like stares at their phone. Like, you ha- this is the chance you have to look at the menu and make a decision. I'm going to get to you in a second. You better have a decision ready to go. I, also, I think it depends on the level of place you're at, too. If you're at a really nice restaurant, you, there needs to be a higher – you have a higher expectation of service. Like, if you're going into a quick casual, like, your expectation of service is probably But at less. least they're not the let me go check kind of people. Because I was like – when I worked at a hardware store and had to, like, work an outside lawn and garden, I was that guy of, like, let me go check. <laughs> like, oh, you want this kind of mulch? Let me go check. And then I'll just go nowhere. I'll sit in the back and be like – I'll come back now. We, we, we don't Wait a have second. That. You just lied yeah. to customers when you worked at a... Oh, my goodness. I'm glad I didn't go in what that place. What the hell is wrong with you? I mean, I, I didn't know. Munson. I'll go check on your mulch, sir, and then you just go sit somewhere and Marquise not check on the mulch. Marquise Munson. <laughs> what a... Come on, Munson. What a what donkey look? move. No, because I wasn't... Look, That's I'll go look for budge, someone first because I was the loader. I wasn't the... I was the guy driving the forklift and load up the that cars. So I wasn't the guy to sell stuff. So if you were to ask me... What you know? What do I need for my Bermuda grass? I don't know. So let me go ask. And if I can't find anybody, then so you just said screw the customer. I couldn't find anybody. No, I'd just be like, hey man, I couldn't find anybody, but uh, I could Google it for you real quick if uh, if you got some time. You know, I'll be that guy. All right, we're done. That's it. Stick to sports is in the books. We will come back and explore Marquise's weird interests, mulch, 
non-smoking women, outcast aficionados, all the things that Marquise cares and about. That, that, that ruins the date, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Some some girls that that, Listen, know what that you Fergie want. was an outcast, and I had to walk out almost. No, know, know what you like and stick to your guns. I'm cool with that, man. All right. Final hour coming up next. Stay there. It's Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game.